Hey now, welcome to the City Off Campus podcast with your two favorite hosts, Sammy Sommerfeld and Jack McFarland. So coming off a great Ohio State win, we are joined by members of the number five ranked Iowa Hawkeyes basketball team, Patrick McCaffrey and Joe Toussaint. So how does it feel, guys, to finally make it to March? It feels good. Long time coming. It's like It feels like this has been going on forever. But it also feels like... It, like you know, you know what I'm saying? When like it feels like it's going by fast, but also like taking forever. Yeah. That's kind of like how it feels right now. Yeah, um, I'm with Patrick on that one. Uh, it's good that we're in March, but I felt like, you know, um, sophomore year is about to be over already. You know, and like I just felt like, you know, it just started like yesterday. Yeah. So you guys are in the final week of Big Ten regular season play. How does it feel to come off a uh, – great performance against one of the other best offensive teams in the country in Ohio state and just stopping them defensively. I want to say definitely boost our confidence, you know, uh, going into March. Um, I also seen the tweet saying uh, this is the first time we went into a March top five. So that's a good feeling to have also. And uh, yeah, just boosted our confidence, you know, um, especially because Ohio state was number four and they beat us at home. So to get them back, you know, that, that felt really good. And not just to get them back, but you guys got them back in a way where you allowed 30 less points in the game. You guys really put your foot down. And you you even, Joe, you were shot out of a cannon from the start when you got on the court. What was that like for you to just you, – you, you looked like you were just in the nitty-gritty at every single moment of that game. Is that something that you've learned to just kind of embrace as your role on the team coming off the bench, just to bring that energy and that – that spunk that the team might need in a certain case? Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, I definitely need to bring uh, energy off the bench, especially with Jack, you know, being out. He got hurt, so I need to make up for that. Me, Patrick, Keegan, you know, the people who come off the bench, we got to make up for his minutes. So, you know, definitely uh, causing havoc on defense is definitely one of my game plans against them. And this oh, is definitely you, a game plan yeah. against everybody else, but especially against them. You guys were, I mean, all over the place. You, Pat. Keegan and like you just alluded to Jack getting hurt what was the like what was the defensive plan going into this game after the Michigan one and how did it kind of change losing someone like Jack down low and needing other guys to step up and maybe take on a role or a responsibility that they might not have before um I think really what it came down to was like like rebounding because like Jack is such a huge defensive presence for us and like that's something that like cannot be understated. Like the things that he's able to do on the defensive end for us are just huge. Because mm-hmm. like you can make mistakes and he'll just like erase it because he'll block the shot, whatever. He's so good at not only blocking shots but altering them by staying vertical and not fouling. So like that's something that we're like we sorely miss on our team now that he's not here. And like it just it's just so frustrating that he is not healthy again because nobody deserves to go through what he's went through in the past year nobody so it's just like it's demoralizing as his teammates and as his brothers that like he has to go through that again but um no yeah so he's just such a huge defensive presence so it's like we we can't really make up keegan can and maybe i can a little bit some of the shot blocking that he brings to the table but something that we can do is is rebounding and I knew that I would have to make a big step up with rebounding. But, like, I didn't even really have to get any rebounds yesterday because every like, we were all over the glass and we did a really good job boxing out and everything like that. So it was good for us. 
not like it was good for us and I, we just missed jack going forward the last you know home stretch i guess you could say of big time conference play and i, I kind of ask this every episode with you pat but even for you joe like is is the vibe going into these final games before the big tournament and the big dance just business as usual keep our heads on straight and just get the job done oh yeah definitely but we also um have to keep a, on the back of our minds that you know now it's winter go home you know um it's no time to play around there's no time for mess ups you know there's no time for um breakdowns you know no time for selfish plays things like that you know we just got to keep things like that in the back of our mind you know like you know one one little thing going to you know cause your game so just going into march you know with the right mindset is like it's huge for us I was going to say, how does losing out on getting to play in the tournament last year helped fuel you guys preparation-wise, mindset-wise, just staying locked in after this long season of mentally preparing for the season with COVID and being in lockdown training-wise? And now after going through this long season and now having the Nunji injury come up and having this big Ohio State win leading into the tournaments that you guys are going to be playing kind of helped um, going into this. Um, I think, yeah, definitely missing out last year. Like it, like it was just, it's not fun. Like, cause like every kid, when you grow up, you want to play in the NCAA tournament. Like you want to play on CBS, you want to play like, and then you want to play in the NCAA tournament. So it's like not being able to do that, like really sucks. Like anytime, like, especially because we put ourselves in position to do that. Like we were like going to make the tournament. Like it was just a matter of what seed we were and all that type of stuff. And we felt like we were playing really good basketball going into that point. And we thought that we had a chance to really do something like, like we thought we had a chance to really make some serious noise. And like, we feel like, I feel like a lot of guys were trending upward, like towards the tournament. So it's like, like, like it was heartbreaking, like for Bakari Evelyn, who was playing his best basketball towards the end of the year, like to have to not like to not be able to show it in March like that. That was really that was really upsetting for me. And I'm sure a lot of like lots of other like my other teammates. So, yeah, no, it definitely adds some extra motivation for sure. Just of like knowing that like not it's not guaranteed like in that like we have to take advantage of this opportunity and make the most of it and have fun. Yeah, I want to piggyback on Patrick on that. Um, I felt like, you know, I was trending upward towards the end of the year. Um, I started hitting more shots. I was playing more confident towards the end of the year, like my last three to four games of the year. Um, and just to, you know, just to not have the tournament, it was it was kind of frustrating at first. But, like, you know, I talked to my mom, talked to my parents, you know, they tell me everything happens for a reason. You know, and that just – I felt like that just added more fuel to, like, you know, to my fire. And everybody else, you know, Luca, Luca was uh, – he was sad. Bakari was sad. Um, like, everybody was mad. But I felt like it just, you know, fueled us. You know, just – made us want to, you know, be better, be the best team in the country this year. Coming into your second season, Joe, of playing Big Ten basketball, how has your court vision and game changed playing the point guard position? Like, what's been easier as you've played more Big Ten games? We've talked to Patrick a lot about the more games you play, just the easier it's starting to feel. So how has that kind of been for you with the evolution of your game as a college player? Uh, well, this year the game just slowed down, like a tremendous amount. Um, last year, you know, everything used to, I used to just, you know, fly down the court, fly back, you know, but this year, you know, I, every, uh, my assistant coach, Sproul, he always says, you know, every possession counts and that really matters, you know, especially in March, 
So, like, in my head, you know, I'm just – I'm playing mind games, you know. I'm trying to think, you know, if I do this move, what's going to happen next? If I pass the ball here, where is it going to go after? You know, I try to play chess with it. One other question I wanted to ask you, too, is you're from New York. You got to play in places like Rucker Park growing up. How did playing in places like that help you transition into playing Big Ten basketball? Um, the, well, I want to say Big Ten basketball is very rough. You know, um, it's rough. You know, sometimes they miss calls. Um, and I want to say it's, it's kind of like street ball from defensive side because, you know, people mug you. They don't call anything, you know. So, like, I want to say just – you know, growing up playing there, you know, just really helped me because, I don't know, because it was rough, you know. You used to play rough basketball, I'm guessing. What were some – do you have any stories from Rucker Park, like any highlights or any, like, moments that kind of stand out in your time playing in places like that? Oh, uh, yeah. I got uh, – I can only remember two off the top of my head, to be honest. Uh, this first one is when I was younger. I want to say like 12. That's when I just started getting into like basketball. So like I went to the park and I was like short, of course. And like they just were like telling me like I couldn't play and stuff. So like I would just like cry on the side. You know, my brother would like throw the ball at me like, oh, you got a man up. You're crying in front of everybody. Like you look like a little girl. Everybody's making fun of you, you know, things like that. You know, the next year came back and Kyrie Irving was there uh, and he watched me play the game. And you know, I played well. I had like 20 points that day. So, you know, I want to say he, my brother, he he also helped me because he used to be really, really rough on me and really tough. He used to be, he, he was my biggest critic, I want to say. So that definitely helped me, you know, where I'm at today. Being from New York, like Sam has just said, like what – what were some of your some of your dreams for basketball? Uh, because I feel like for someone from the Midwest, maybe it's different for like what their their ultimate goal with basketball could be. But being from the mecca of all of basketball in New York, you know, you really have all of the examples and, and superstars in the Knicks and all of that. You really have that right in front of you and what you really want to do. What was like if you could if you were when you were a kid, like you had that perfect scenario of like, I want to go play here, there, I want to play this position with this number. Like, what was your dream scenario for your basketball career? If I'm gonna be honest, I didn't really have a dream. Um, no, no, not not at all. Uh, I used to play soccer, and my brother he started playing basketball when he was about like 14, 15. And I just wanted to copy my brother, to be honest. So when I was like 11. That's when I just, you know, I started playing basketball. So I didn't really know the history behind everything. Like, now I know everything because mm-hmm. I'm really into basketball and I want to go far. But before, I just – I didn't really have a dream, to be honest. I was just playing just to play. What made you begin to take it more seriously rather than just playing it to play? My mentor, Tony Wright, um, he went to UNC uh, Greensboro. And he, uh, he, he took me in when I was, like, 12. You know, and he just, you know, ever since then, me and him just got very close. And then, you know, that's when my basketball career just took off from there. And then, like, in soccer, what what position were you? To be honest, I didn't really have a position. I was just No, you around. were just all over the field? Yeah, didn't I was matter. just running around. You're a rover. <laughs> You're a rover. <laughs> so did your – so your parents must have put you in soccer because you had too much damn energy to contain you. 
Well, yeah. So my dad, yeah. my dad, he was on. He he's from Haiti, so he was on like the practice squad with the Haiti team, and I used to like go with him to like the fields and stuff, and just run around there. So I feel like that's how I got you know really into soccer. What like is there anything from soccer that you you've seen carry over to basketball? Because like you said, you started basketball at a sort of late age compared to some people like 11, 12 and soccer predominantly feet basketball, all hands. Like were there any things that you saw carry over that helped you transition or was it just picking up a whole new sport? I just want to say being fast and having mm. a lot of stamina, to be honest, you know, I feel like that's the reason why I'm really quick right now because soccer, I literally just used to run back and forth without getting tired. So like, I feel like that's why I'm, you know, how like how fast I am right now but yeah that's about it because yeah soccer is really just you know I use my feet for everything hey, did you ever play soccer yeah when I was little were you any good no I was horrible <laughs> what position were you um rover I was just yeah no I was kind of all over the place like I didn't really have like a set position no I was yeah. a horrible soccer player I was a, I was an okay baseball player. I played football for a year. My mom let me and all my brothers play tackle football for a year. So I was how'd that go? I was pretty good. I was the quarterback. I liked to run. I was the run. I was a runner. I was a running quarterback. But I also could throw. I, I threw some dimes too. So I was okay. I was a pretty good quarterback. Can't complain. Did, did Connor? Did Connor play? Yeah, he played for a year. But he was so Connor was. Like, so, like, I'm sure y'all was the same thing, like, where you guys grow up. Like, you have, like, a weight limit for, like. Oh, yeah, I know about that in Iowa, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, like, me, I was, like, right below. Like, I think it was, like, 110 pounds. And, like, I was, like, 106 or something yeah. like that. So, like, and Connor was, like, like over that because he was just, like, a bigger. Because he was a year older than me when I, when I played and then when he played. But he was also just, like, bigger and, mm -hmm. like, he was, like, bigger and stronger. So like, he was too heavy. So he had to play the only play position you can play where you get the ball is tight end. So he played tight end. Not bad. Was there ever any opportunity for you to play football in New York, Joe, or is that just never never came across your radar? Well, so I used to play Madden a lot. All right. I just never like played like you know football. Well, I played football like at the park by my house. We used to play like tackle because we had a field there. So I used to play like that. And then I want to say my junior year, my football coach in my high school said, like, you would really be a good, like, you know, defensive end. I mean, defensive end, uh, cornerback. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. And so, like, you know, I kept – I went to all our games and I went to go watch. And I'm like, I mean, like, this looks actually fun. Like, I want to do it. So then, like, my senior year came around and my mom was like, no, because, like, if you get hurt, then, you know, there goes everything. So I'm right. like, <laughs> Fine. So hey, ask him about the score. The one time we played Madden, ask him about the score. Y'all should ask him that. Well, how long ago did it happen? Not long ago. Like, like I think it was. I think it was the day after Christmas. The day after we lost to Minnesota. Yes, no, was that day. All right. So ask, well, him, ask him. Joe, what happened in Madden against Pat? You know, after Minnesota, what happened? So, it's like it's a good game. Fourth quarter is tied up. It's like fifty seconds left. He gets the ball. He runs. I tackle him, and I get a fumble. I get a fumble. I pick it up. So then they, they like, reviewed it both, and they said he was down. 
while I got the fumble, while like I hit him. And so he got the ball back and he won the 50 seconds left because the ball was literally like at his, like, what? Where was it at? The five yard line? Or something? It was at like the two yard line. Yeah, it was right there. And so he won off some nonsense. Have you guys have you guys re- have you guys rematched since? I feel like Pat, you just keep bringing it up. <laughs> uh, we have not rematched since. I, I don't want to. I don't want to put him through any more emotional pain. That's probably why we haven't rematched since. How, how kind of you? Do you guys only play Madden, or is there other things you guys do? I beat him in two K too. All right. <laughs> so is okay, this just two no, K a- no, was a really fluky way that I won. I I have the ball. Side out of bounds with like 0.3 seconds, and I throw a lob to Victor Oladipo and he lays it in. And we haven't really even played like that. Like we haven't played that many two K. So I beat him in that two K game. I beat him in Madden. We haven't really played against each other very often. No, yeah, I threw my alley oop on the side out of bounds with like 0.3 seconds, and I and I he dunked it, so I won. So you guys are obviously good friends and you're in the same recruiting class. So can you tell us a little bit about like when you guys first met each other and a little bit about like your relationship, just um, whether it was from Joe, you looking at Iowa and you guys just kind of talking then or when you first showed up on campus, kind of take us a little bit inside of that. Yeah, um, so we actually met at a camp when we were going into our senior year of high school. We met at the NBPA top 100 camp. And we were on the same team. I, I joined the team late. I got like I got traded, so I switched to the team late. How'd that feel? Hold on. How'd that feel getting <laughs> traded right away? No, it was good because my team before was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so I got off that team. I don't even know why I really. I don't know why they moved me. But we we were so bad. Like we were literally so bad. We lost by like a thousand every game. We were so bad. So I got moved to Joe's team, like, the second to last day. And, like, I'm, to be honest, I don't think I said a word to him. I really don't. Like, I, don't, I didn't talk to him at all. But, like, I knew who he was. And then I saw – and then, like, I think my dad told me that, like, they started recruiting him or whatever. So I, like, followed him on Twitter. He followed me back, and I DM'd him. And I was like, yo, like, what's good? <laughs> and then he sent me his number, and then we started texting. And then ever since then, like, like – it was just like like he came on his visit and we got close like we just were hanging out and stuff a lot so that was cool but then like and then he went back home obviously he committed and then he went back home and then like once he came in the summer it was like it like it really just because like we lived in the dorm together like we were just together 24 7 now we live in the apartment together we're still together 24 7 so it's just like we just grew really close yeah i want to say like i mean to me once i got on campus it was just like I don't know. We just gelled like really well together, you know. And then just ever since then, you know, I just like I see him every day. He sees me every day. We literally like there's not one day we don't see each other, unless like I'm out of state, like back home or something. I get so sick of seeing him. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Isn't it? I think the saying is like one. You really learn how much you like someone once you live with them, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, I hate this guy. So. For you both, this is a question for both of you. It, how would you describe each other in three words? Whether it's living together, just everything, um, personality-wise, living habits, whatever. How would you describe each other? I got one for him. Really, really slow. 
I want to say something right now, but I can't say it. Say it. <laughs> Who's stopping you? <laughs> no, all right. Um, three words. Loud, funny. I don't really know a third word. Um, something about this guy, too, that you guys need to understand is he will say anything. He he says anything. He he, he says, like, well, no, look, look at him right now. He knows it, too. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, he says the most out-of-pocket, like, stuff. Like, he is... I got a third one. I got a third one. I got a third one. What's the third one? No, this guy, like... like, And I say it to him all the time. Like, like he'll say something just, like, off-the-wall crazy. And I'll just be like, bro, like, you really say anything. Like, I was like, like, you say anything. And, like, that's the type of stuff that he does. And, like, it's just... Like, it's funny. It keeps things interesting. And like, cause like he just says like the craziest stuff. I told you guys, my third one is he's a liar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so obviously Joe just explained his pet. Yeah, we need to hear your explanation. Yeah, right what now. the hell is this explanation on Joe's? <laughs> he takes forever to get ready in the morning. Forever. Are you talking about when he was trying to get on this pod or when you're trying to get up for well, the morning? Well, yes. <laughs> like him getting on the pod was like just identical to like. <laughs> everything like we have COVID testing every morning at like t- from 10 to 11 and like now it's different I don't know why it's different I think it's just because we're used to it at this point but like at the beginning I would have to call him like 15 minutes like at least 15 minutes before I want to because like for me like I can get ready like like in like two minutes like I literally get up brush my teeth throw on clothes and walk out the door like I really don't care I don't know what he does that takes him so long but like like I have to give him like a fifteen to twenty minute like advance on like when like I want to leave or I used to not as much anymore. He's gotten better, but like at the beginning of the year, like it had to be like a 15, 20 minute advance on when I would have wanted to leave, and then like then he would maybe be ready. All right, can yeah. I say my side now? <laughs> yes, of course. That's <laughs> so I was about to say. <laughs> so I like my problem is I literally I can't get out of bed. Like once he calls me or like texts me, I cannot just roll out of bed. Like I don't know how he does it. Like props to him, like kudos to him. I I can't though. Thank I, you, I, thank I, you. I appreciate that. Then when he texts me, like I look at my phone and he he's like, "All right, let's go." And I'm like, "All right." And I just put my phone down and like just try to lay down for like three more minutes. And then when I get up, I'm just so tired, so I just stand there for like another two minutes. Then I go to the bathroom, I turn the water on, you know, just stand there for like another two minutes. Then I brush my teeth for like two minutes. Then I get out my like the bathroom. And I just stand there for like a minute. Then I go get dressed, and then that's when I leave. I just need a lot of time to like you know. I say this to all the time. I'm like, bro, like you're the fastest person like in basketball that I've ever seen in my life. But like everything else like that you do is just incredibly slow. So it's like I don't, I don't like. Is it like some sort of balancing act? I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but like he's so fast on the court, and then just with everything else, he just takes forever. <laughs> yeah, should we tell them from our last pod that we did our all NBA All Star lineups and see which one they think is better? We have we have a poll going right now, but I, yeah, I think I want you one. you you read yours. Let me pull my. I need to grab my paper. You grab you read yours. Okay, just just do the starters because the bench. Yeah, is, I'm doing starters. Why why go into bench? It's irrelevant. Uh, so, I have Zach Levine. That's why it's relevant. <laughs> so so here are my starters. I th- I think I'm unbeatable. So I have LeBron, I have Giannis, I have Steph, I have Bradley Beal, and I have Embiid. 
Wow. Incredible, right? You might be unbeatable. All right, hold on. Hold on. Thank you. Can I – let me give my two cents. All right. Two, two, of, two of his players don't even have an Instagram. That just, that just, shows, that just shows how freaking how locked in we are, Sam. Are. Shows up how, how locked in. <laughs> All right. At the one, we got Kyrie or Luca. Ooh. Choosing. Okay. Luca or Kyrie. The three, we have Kawhi, four KD, and five Jokic. <laughs> wow. Wow. I mean, both those teams are OD. And I'm not, and I'm not just gonna say I, like look, we said we weren't gonna say reserves, but I said one, I'm gonna say the other. I have Zach Levine and I have AD. So oh that's AD's hurt. Don't even go into that. I no, knew that. You, I don't like, care. Or you're like I don't care. I'll make him come back. I'll make him come back. I don't give a shit. We're winning this thing. You can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Who do you pick? I I put a poll out on Instagram. Only four people pick Jack's team. Everybody's picking mine. It's because they're they're afraid not to take the popular names, which I understand. I don't want to. I wouldn't take the sexy names when I see him, but I know winners when I see them, and my team's full of winners. The thing is, Embiid is hooping. Yeah, no, he's he, he's different. He's on a different level. The thing is, so is Jokic. Like, <laughs> yeah, and we're just gonna sit here and say Luca can't drop a step back three whenever he wants. <laughs> the thing that the thing that we haven't discussed yet, Sammy as the king. Thank you. Yeah. And Giannis on one team. Yeah, no, he has the king. The king is always the deciding factor for me. For so me. for that, yeah, yeah. I choose Sammy's team right. just because yeah. he has the king. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Sammy on this one. Sorry. No, it's fine. No, I get it. Obviously, LeBron is the deal breaker for a lot of people nowadays. <laughs> I And I don't have Giannis either. So, And I don't have Embiid either. So, I mean, <laughs> who would ever pick my team, for God's sake? Well, you do have KD. But like, oh, yeah, no, I have KD. It's slight. And Kawhi. Slight. The king, the king, the king outweighs all to me. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, Joe, being a guy from New York, are you a Knicks fan or are you a Nets fan? Or yeah, no, nah, he loves the Knicks. No, <laughs> the Knicks team? are like all right right now. I don't know yeah. how you could shake yeah. your head at that. Real quick, remember when Patrick said, "I say anything." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I hate the Knicks are horrible. <laughs> they are really bad. And like now, I'm I'm not a Nets fan, but I can go watch a Knicks game now, you know, and enjoy it. But like I'm 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 a LeBron fan. So like wherever LeBron goes, I'm I'm a LeBron fan. So okay. Fair enough. So, oh, I got I I have I have one. Okay. Um this just came off the top of my head. What I'm gonna this is for both of you. So for whichever like position you predominantly like predominantly play right now or like the role you have, what NBA player did you like grow up both of you watching and say like not that like I want to model my game after him, but I want to like follow him and like like idolize him in essence? Uh for me, I would say like all, like I would say, there's a couple for me. I would say, for, like the first one, like just growing up, like I play, like I'm similar size or whatever. Well, not like not weight wise, but like similar size, like LeBron. So yeah, like, you look I, like I, LeBron. Yeah, yeah. Not at all. I I said I don't look like LeBron, <laughs> but um, 
like I would say like like just because we're both like tall guards ish like sort of thing. You're getting like, the beard too. Yeah, exactly. And then like like so then like LeBron and then also like like KD. Like just because like he just just score, and then like and he plays my position. KD is more so my position than LeBron is. And then like for the last one, I would say probably Giannis because what he does like in transition and like the dunks and stuff. So I would say that's my. Those are my. Before Joe goes, I just have to ask this question: Are you growing out a March Madness beard? Is it going to be like a playoff beard? Bro, to be honest, like I'm just lazy. Like that's really what it is. Like I just don't want to go shave. So like. Oh, oh, and Joe's the slow one to do things, and you're the one <laughs> refusing to shave your your chin. Hey, I don't want to shave. That doesn't make me slow because I don't want to shave. Joe is very slow. I don't know. He might be shaving. He might shave like for an hour every day. I don't know. But um, no, I don't. So like with the beard, like I'm just kind of rolling with it right now. Like it might, it might get there. It might not. Probably not. Like I would, if I was gonna bet money, I would bet money on not. But like you never know. I mean, you are winning with it. That's what I will say. That's a fact. So I might have to keep it going. What about you, Joe? Um, to be honest, I don't know what I'm doing. To be honest with you, I just I don't know. Go to the barber. He says, "Do you want me to cut it off?" And it's just it's like a game time decision. I'm like, yeah. And sometimes I'm like, no. I've been saying no for the past like month, but I might say yeah next time. Who knows? No, Joe, I get it. Like your beard, but I'm asking about like the player as well, like that you were looking up to. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. I want to say. I definitely want to say Kemba Walker because he was. Um, I could from, see that. Yeah. He's from um, the Bronx as well. He's like his house is like well, his apartment is like 15 minutes away from mine, maybe less. Um, I used to play at the park he used to um, be at all the time when he was younger. And, you know, I just had a, I had a lot of people talk to me, you know, about like, you know, just seeing some resemblance from, you know, me to him in high school. And I just watched him a lot. You know, I watched him when he was at UConn. I watched a documentary more than like 10 times. Um, I watched all his highlights all the time, you know. So it was definitely Kemba Walker. One question I want to ask both of you is you guys have gone on a lot of road trips together. What is one of your favorite road trip memories, whether it's just on the bus, on the plane, in a city doing something like what's like one of your favorite memories together on the road? To be honest, like something that's up there is what we were doing on last road trip. Uh, something that Joe was doing. Have you guys ever seen the movie Fat Albert? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know the guy that always goes like this? He goes, he's, he'll just like, like you say something he doesn't like and he'll just go, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> so on this road trip, Joe thought it would be funny. So we're sitting like in the film room or whatever before we start like watch, like, like we're just sitting in there chilling, right? And so he'll just like, like he would just like tap like Ash on the shoulder and look at him and Ash would like turn around and Joe would just go, like this <laughs> and then we would just start and then me and joe would just like lose it 
And Ash is like looking around like, like what the fuck? <laughs> like, we, we would just like lose our minds. We did, he did like Luca, like he was just doing it to like everybody. And then me and Joe would just like like start like laughing like hysterically. And like they just like thought that that was like just like, everybody was like so confused, but like we just thought it was really funny. Only one person knew like where it was from, and it was Aaron. Mm-hmm. Like he knew where it was from, but everybody else was just confused. But it was funny though. So Joe, I, I, I asked this. I asked this Joe to Pat last time. I asked, out of everyone on this team that um, is eligible to, to partake in like a Survivor, who would last the longest and win? And and no, but wait, wait, wait. And who would get voted off first? Now, before you answer, I'll say that for both of those answers, Pat gave the. He said it. The same name could have applied. Who would survive? I would say Austin Ash. <laughs> That's who I said. That's what he said. But I also said Austin Ash would be most likely to get voted off. Uh, no, to get voted off. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Ash. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with Ash. I'm trying. I'm really trying to think. It's either between him or Jelly. But Josh and Gundelay. Why is yeah, that? Or Josh. But no, yeah, yeah it would definitely be Ash. Definitely 100% Ash. <laughs> That's great. My final question for you guys is you're obviously going to get to go to the tournament this year. And neither of you have played or been to it as a player. So what are you guys excited about most about the experience? going into mark i mean you know it's just something that you grow up dreaming about like so like me being able to like step on the court with like the march madness logo and like play, like we've played on cbs a couple times cbs a couple times this year but like now again like playing on cbs like playing in the ncaa mm-hmm. tournament like that's something as a college basketball fan like growing up that's something that like you just dream about and like you always watch and now it's like like i'm doing it like that's that's kind of something that is going to be really cool for me and then also, like, you know, like, we have a team that, like, we, that can really, like, do some serious damage in the tournament. So, like, that's also something that, like, is, is really cool. And, like, that we're, like, we have a chance to do something really special. So, it's, like, obviously, every time you have an opportunity to do that is something that you are not going to want to waste and you're going to take full advantage of. Um, for me, um. But like I said before, like, I didn't really have a dream, you know, so I didn't really, like, when I was younger, I didn't really, like, you know, look up to, like, you know, playing and things like this. But, like, as I got older, you know, I started watching more basketball, and I know how important this is, you know, um, for me, you know, and just all my teammates. Um, Going into March could really change your life, you know, for a long time. Um, And, you know, this is just something very, you know, very serious. I'll take pride in this. You know, I'm just ready to go, to be honest with you. That's great. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Joe and Patrick. Thanks for joining us again this week. This was a fun one. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is a good podcast for Hawks fans going into the final week of the season, just to hear from you guys and, you know, get excited for what's to come. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering where Jack went. Before we what? I was, just put, I was just putting my winning lineup down, that's all. But um, so, yeah, so obviously good luck going into this final week 
And Jack, do you want to close this thing out? Yeah, just reiterate what Sam said. Good luck to you guys. Kick ass. And I'm sure everyone's going to be damn excited to hear this. So I really appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, as always, not the same time, same place. We will see you guys later.